Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, we are talking all about virtual reality gaming with Jerem Sidwell and Bill Isler. Jerem is a Hollywood visual effects veteran known for his work on blockbuster films such as The Avengers, Avatar, The Hobbit, The Adventures of Tintin, Man of Steel, and Transformers, among others. And the highlight of his career was actually being an orc in The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. Um, and then Bill Isler has been in software development all the way back to the 1980s. So during his 40 years in the structural steel industry, he developed a couple software applications, one of which grew into a comprehensive suite of information management tools that became a standard resource for steel fabricators. And basically through this, as a member of the Skilled Trades Coalition, one of his companies was able to help young people become aware of fulfilling career opportunities through the use of immersive technology and virtual reality. So basically you'd be able to get VR experiences that would tell people if they're if they're wanting to be in different trades, like a forklift operator or welder, iron worker, or crane operator, or something like that. So that world, that venture into the VR world kind of brought him into the VR gaming space as well, 
where he met Jerem and a couple of other people. So I'm excited to talk to these guys just because, um, you know, any sort of these new innovative technologies is always just a fascinating conversation. Um, I can't wait to get into some of these things. But first, really quickly, if you're listening to this right now and you are a podcaster or you go, you are a guest on podcasts, you like to go on other shows, uh, then you're going to want to go check out the new software that my team and I developed called Guestio over at guestio.com. If you're looking for high quality guests or if you're a guest that's looking to get on shows, guestio.com is a really great place to go connect with the other party, no matter what it is that you do. So head over to guestio.com. It's totally free to get a profile over there and start browsing through the list of free and paid guests. That's right. You can book people for free or you can pay people that maybe have a little bit more demands on their time to come onto your show. So guestio.com, head over there, check it out and get to know some people. Bill, Jerem, how are you guys doing today? Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Great to be here. to be here. Jerem, let's start with you, man. Uh, I always find stories fascinating. I always like to build context with the folks that we're chatting with on the show before we jump into the nuts and bolts. So give me a little bit of a glimpse of, uh, of what it was like being Jerem growing up. You know, let's start like, you know, brief overview of let's say 12 years old to 18 years old. What was life like for you? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I grew up in uh, central California in, in Modesto. And at the time it was, it was an irrigation <laughs> and, and a farming community, you yeah. know? And so I, I lived on the outskirts of town and I mean, we lived on an acre and all my neighbors had tons of land. And so I would just love, you know, exploring and, and adventuring around, you know, irrigations or, I mean, we even had like rice fields uh, where they, they grow rice across the street from us. So <laughs> just, just spend a lot of times outdoors and, uh, you know, with, with buddies running around and, and exploring. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Modesto. I mean, the, the reason people moved to California is for Modesto, is from what it's, I hear. It's the home of George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, is, hey, that's true. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a claim to fame for sure. I lived in Fresno for a while, so I'm oh, uh, awesome. pretty familiar with the area. Bill, let's, let's go to you. Talk to me, uh, early life, same question, 12 to 18 years old. What was life like for you? All right, well, my family had moved from Canada down to Southern California, so I grew up at age 12 in Southern California, living the life there as a kid, just having no worries. Knowing I can go to the beach, the mountains, the desert, uh, life was good. Relatives yeah, where, where, around the country. Still, I was going to say, where at in Southern California? Uh, Anaheim. Anaheim High School, okay. Cal State cool. Fullerton. Just lived the good life down there. I uh, had a paper route, so I, I was entrepreneurial from the beginning. Got into, uh, wanted to find something I could do with sports. Got into gymnastics in high school and pursued that in college. So it seemed like everything I was doing was just uh, motivational based upon something I wanted to do and go after it and uh, do good at it. As long as you put your heart at it. So, so what prompted the venture into software in the 1980s? Because I have to assume that that wasn't something that is, you know, obviously near as uh, accessible as it is now. Yeah, in college, uh, 71 to 75, uh, I took a computer class, but it was punch cards and the computer was the size of a, <laughs> of a freight train a couple of times too. <laughs> so yeah. that, that really didn't motivate me to get into personal computing. But that, uh, I started working with my two uncles in an engineering firm that they, they owned and got into uh, doing accounting programming. And then all of a sudden in 80, 82, the personal computer comes up and CAD systems came up. So I mm. just ventured into that, talked them into buying a big, huge CAD system. And then that's when the self-development for computer CAD drawing just really took off and I found my niche. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, generating uh, software for steel workers is a niche if there ever was one, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Bill, let's go a little bit back into your story here. So growing up in Modesto area, always uh, just kind of out and about and in the, in the country, really, like country, but in California, 
how did you get into VR world and how did you get into visual effects and being able to work on these, you know, really well-known blockbuster films? Yeah. So I, I actually, in college, I really was interested in, in uh, international business. And I realized that, you know, as I was, you know, applying for the MBA program and, and I was taking German as, as my major, cause I was like, I'm going to move to Europe and just work over there. I realized it wasn't, I wasn't getting the creative outlet that I wanted. And so I graduated as quick as possible, moved down to LA Got the, it's a classic story, right? I got a job in a mail room at a talent agency and on my lunch breaks, I'd go and interview at visual effects houses. And so I hmm. got my first job at Digital Domain, which uh, James Cameron started for the Titanic. And eventually the, the biggest film that I got was uh, Transformers, the first one with yeah, Michael nice. Bay directing. And so that was just fascinating and awesome. And, and then you know that led to moving to New Zealand and working with Peter Jackson's company down there you know, Avatar, the Avengers, and just working with these massive teams of super talented people uh, and just soaking, I was just soaking all of that in. And then when the time came, I just kind of had a little shove to, to start my own company. And, you know, four or five years ago, I was like, VR is so cool. I would love to take these, you know, these, these types of worlds that we built before for, you know, like Pandora on Avatar or, right. you know, for Steven Spielberg, Tintin. And, and kind of put people into those worlds. And so that's, that's what we started to do. We, we actually started first with ancient Jerusalem and built that in a 3D model and then put that in the virtual reality headset. And that was featured in National Geographic and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, Bill and I met and we kind of took it up a notch. Yeah. So Bill, can you kind of talk to me about your venture into, because, you know, it seems like Jerem's path to this VR world was a little bit more direct and your path seemed to be a little bit more indirect. And uh, you've kind of found it in a really unique way. Can you kind of talk me through the decision to jump into VR and then all the way up through the time where you and Jerem met? Well, in the engineering uh, CAD systems, you know, developing programming to be able to draw stuff, that was a real, real important aspect in my life. And then about 20 years into that company, I uh, parted ways with my uncles and I got into an, another company of steel management where you're just doing number crunching. And then I started dealing with uh, large companies as we had uh, quite a few countries around the companies around the world that used our software. And some of those were getting real exact about using augmented reality with Microsoft HoloLens and starting to use things to use it in construction where you could look at a wall and you could actually see the drawings in the wall and you knew where the piping was, the ventilations, electricity. And it just fascinated me that you could use technology in construction. And then when uh, I got an offer to buy the company out, I had some time and resources and I thought, I want to stick with this uh, virtual reality, augmented reality stuff. And then that's what I was searching for someone who had a heart into it and had some some background into it because I, I wasn't a gamer growing up in life. My kids were, but I, uh, I just watched on. And then I met Jerem, saw the work he was doing in the ancient Jerusalem with the temple work. And I was fascinated by the beauty and immersiveness of it. So I contacted him, we met, and then... Uh, what can we do next? Having a little bit more fun. And then uh, that's where David and Goliath came into place. So you guys actually met through Bill reaching out to you, Jerem. Can you kind of describe what that was from your point of view? And, and you guys obviously know we're on the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot about relationships and how connections can come into our life and absolutely change you know, the course that we're on. And so I, I, I find business partnerships so fascinating because they're, they're, they're like marriages, man. You, they're, they're very difficult to select and a lot of them don't work out. And it seems like you guys have worked really well together. So I'm curious on how, on what your perspective was uh, being able to team up with Bill. No, it, it's been an absolute blast working with Bill. It's, it's been so fun. So that story was, you know, he reached out and, and just through the website, right? 
we connected and, and he said, well, hey, I'm going to fly out and, and meet you. And I was like, okay. And I didn't really have a lot of information on him, but I was like, hey, I mean, if he likes what we're doing, yeah, um, right. That's, uh, I'll, I'll take it. And I think that was, that was the biggest thing is like, we just, I kind of started building something, right? That, that I was like, all right, well, let, let's do this. And, and so that's where, you know, an entire ancient world was, was developed with 3D models and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, we, we decided to meet up and, and uh, I put him in the headset and he started to explore around and I told him about, you know, how passionate I was about it and how fun it was to build these worlds. And, and uh, always like, and then we started to talk about, well, well what's next? What can we do? And, and so what we'd actually done is, is I you know, knew Bill was coming. And so I wanted to do a little demo of, of where I thought would be cool. You know, and, and that was immersive storytelling. And, and I always was fascinated with this, this telling of David versus Goliath, right? Where it's the, mm. the complete underdog, the young shepherd boy versus the nine foot giant who's got sword and shields and spears versus just a sling. And so <laughs> uh, in our virtual reality, we took uh, one of the characters in there, scaled them up to be about you know ten feet tall, and then um, had him just throw spears at you. And so <laughs> uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we put Bill in there. And when you have a spear being thrown at your head multiple times, you know you you get really active and dodge out of the way and jump and kind of shriek. <laughs> yeah, of it's, course. It was it was the perfect uh, intro to say, "All right, I, I see where we can go with this." <laughs> yeah, right. There's not. Yeah. I mean, there's not many more. Um compelling demos of what you're working on than seeing a 10 foot person throwing spears at you. So Bill, can you kind of walk us through some of the biggest lessons that you've taken away from business partnerships in general, and maybe, you know, a couple of tips for somebody that's maybe in the audience that's going through something similar right now and wondering if they should pursue a partnership with somebody. Well, networking is really a substantial part of what I've been doing. I joined a lot of organizations. One was an executive coaching organization, which put me in touch with people of all different kind of industries. We all had the same business principles, and those connected. And I, I, I'm actually in Phoenix today at a con- conference with these people that I've developed relationships with over 10 years. And they've directed me into growing into certain areas that I had not even thought, because I had a specific industry in the steel industry and software, and they've stretched me out into other areas. So that that was pretty uh, amazing. And then as far as uh, with the other areas of virtual reality, saying who's connected with virtual reality and this big company who had, uh, had partnered with Microsoft to do the HoloLens, they ended up buying my company. So I've now got a connection network with them. And I met a guy through another offer of a working with a job. He's from, from Switzerland. We've been kind of partnering for about seven years and he's got a network and he connected me with another guy who's uh, who used to be the uh, founder of Deloitte Consulting. Oh, wow. And then I, when I met him, he ended up being my agent to sell my business. And then we're now developing another company out in Europe to be able to take this industry lift idea about helping the skilled labor to work not only in America, but in Switzerland and around Europe. It's just amazing how the network just continues to go. And if you're ready for it. Now, years ago, I wasn't quite ready for it because I had my head in my entrepreneurial business. Mm. I had an objective. I had limited resources. But once you open yourself up and you have more opportunities to see, and then you spend time with the network people, and they can challenge you and give you ideas. And then it's just a matter of how daring, how venturous are you into exploring some of the ideas and reaching out to Jerome. They're just saying, well, here's a guy who's doing something. I wonder if we have something in common. Taking the initiative to fly out there, to spend some time with them, and then what happens out of it is, wow, you you connect emotionally, and then you connect your vision, and then you realize that, wow, I come from a totally different world than he does, and our worlds are blending in amazing, amazing ways. 
Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, uh, Jerem, can you kind of give some insights into that as well? Some some practical uh, lessons that you've taken away from partnering with, with people like Bill and some of the other people that are involved in this project? Yeah, Bill, Bill's absolutely right. We had the same vision, right? And uh, after just a couple hours sitting together, we, we realized that. And I think that's really what's propelled us to to move forward and, and to make something that's that's great. You know, we we both really wanted to bring the past to life. We both really wanted to create something wholesome and, and family friendly. And that's, you know, what, what DVG conquering giants, the, the virtual reality game is all about. And, uh, you know, along the way it's, it's been nice because Bill's really, you know, highlighted the fact that, Hey, remember, remember what our goal is, you know, and, and, uh, we've made certain decisions inside the game that drive us toward our goal. Right. He's like, well, there's, you know, I was like, well, if we did this, it might make, you know, more money or might appeal to like the broader audience of, of gamers. And, and, uh, we've always kind of brought it back to, well, let's, let's keep our focus on, on what we're doing. And, and so Bill's been a great mentor to me in that where, you know, if you're passionate about something, drive toward that and don't lose sight of it because that's what drives you, you know? And, and, uh, and so as we have, you know, melded together and, and formed that, that friendship and, and partnership, I think that's a big thing to keep in mind and, and focus on is, is drive toward what you really want to do. Mm, yeah, yeah. Drive toward what you really want to do. I really like that. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed, if you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So let, let's, I'm going to direct this question back to Jerem and talk specifically about David versus Goliath. So yeah, by the way, anybody that's listening to this right now, you can go to DVG for David versus Goliath dvgthegame.com uh, to learn a lot more about this game. And if you're listening to this right now, the game is actually out and available. So uh, definitely go check it out. And uh, if you have a V1 
VR gaming system, you know, you're going to want to go go download this game for sure. So, Jerem, can you talk to me a little bit about uh, the hope that you have for the users that actually get in and play this game? Yeah, so it's a really fun game. You are David, right? So when you put that headset on and, and you grab the controllers, your hands are David's hands, you know, and, and you load that sling and you actually have to like wind up and, and zip it, right, to, to fire off a rock. And the whole game is the premise about you protecting your sheep and, you know, your flock. And as it builds, you, you go from defending your, your flock from wolves to saving your sheep from a lion and, you know, having to take supplies to your brothers through the forest and fight a bear. And then, of course, like Goliath and his army comes in and threatens your entire family. And so there's some good moral questions and, and values in there where, you know, who is your flock and, and uh, you know, is every sheep precious? And to what lengths would you go to, to save and support those that you love and, and surround you? And so that's like the moral character of, of, the, of the game, but it's also just, just really fun. I mean, we want yeah, it to be yeah. a really active game. So you've got the sling mechanic, you've got a slingshot mechanic as well that, you know, makes it a little bit easier if you don't want to wind up and, and try the harder mechanic of, of a sling. But I mean, you're, you're fighting lions and bears and wolves and you're pumping your hands to get away and dodging left and right to, you know, dodge spears and, and, uh, you know, lion attacks and stuff like that. So it's, it's just, uh, it's fun. And it's been really fun to see beta testers come in and their eyes just light up as they, figure out and solve the puzzle of how to defeat the lion or how to save their sheep from this or that. And it's, it's just been marvelous. Yeah. Right. So that's dvgthegame.com for anybody that's listening, go check it out. Uh, Bill, I got a question for you on like your process, right? So just out of my own curiosity, how long does it take to have an idea like this until it's actually out in people's hands. Like how, how long is that process? What goes into it? Well, generally speaking, I'd say about a year. It can go faster. It can take longer. But uh, when we first uh, talked about doing this thing, Jerem already had his team in place. So we didn't have to develop that. I already had the resources in place, didn't have to find that. So we had a lot of the pieces together. All we had now was the, was the gameplay, was the, the plot. And Jerem had already kind of worked out some of those ideas. And as we kind of built, we had four levels. You get the chance to develop them as you go. And you he prototyped it out you know, with, with not so much time spent in the graphics, but more in the gameplay. And once we settle on the gameplay, then you can kind of spend the time and do more, more with the graphics. And we wanted this thing to be a very, very user-friendly, family-friendly, and then uh, going into the ability that CGI can now make things very lifelike. One of my other projects, I'm doing something that's very highly lifelike in CGI. But this one, uh, Jerem, uh, it's fun when he tells me the story about how he had some testing groups coming in. Some of the younger kids were a little bit more scared, or the adrenaline was kind of like really intense because these uh, wolves are coming at you. And so he made this decision to, to make it less lifelike and more more animated, a little bit more cartoony, mm, more like yeah. the Looney Tunes, where the it's, it's more of a fun experience. It's not the blood and guts, but you're still doing defensive, and yeah, it actually right. brought enjoyment. So I have a large family. I go to, went to the went to a wedding with my my sister and the kids a few months back, and the kids are you know six, eight, ten year old kids are just really playing. They're fighting over who gets to be it, and we project it up onto the family TV big TV screen. And as adults, we can just watch and cheer, and it is just so much of an entertainment to watch the kids and the family play the game. So I would imagine this thing is not, not only going to appeal to an individual who wants to immerse himself, but it's going to be a group activity where you can have, have fun and enjoy the, enjoy the show. Yeah, that's awesome. And it obviously, 
gives the kids a chance to get some actual calories burnt instead of just playing with their thumbs. So that's an added bonus right there. Jerem, I'm curious to hear your perspective on where the future of VR is going. And I'm sure you guys have done a lot of thought about this, as well as probably a lot of planning where you want to take your company specifically. So this question is more generically about VR as a whole, and I'm curious to get your perspective on that. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. There's, there's a lot happening in the short term and a lot will happen in the long term. You know, but with Oculus, what they've done is they've, they've made it so it's an untethered headset. I'm sure you heard of the Oculus Quest, and that's one of the headsets that we're publishing DVG to. But um, that means that you don't need a, a gaming laptop or a gaming PC there to, to use, right? And so for $300, that's the price of the Oculus Quest, you can just you know power that on, put it on your head, and you're into the VR world, which mm-hmm. is a big first step. Now, in the future, what will happen is those headsets will get smaller and smaller. They'll be less obtrusive, and soon it'll just be a wearable. I'm sure mm-hmm. we're all familiar with like the Google Glass that came out a while ago and yeah. didn't really get a lot of traction. But that I think is is the future where you'll be able to have something you know just kind of resting on your head and and over your eyes, and you'll be able to kind of swap back and forth between VR and AR where, you know, it, it just augments something over the top of your vision, right? Mm, or yeah. you can completely black it out and go into a, in a totally immersive experience all within the same headspace or head, headgear. Yeah, so basically the peak of technology that we have right now is kind of like the old giant like block cell phones that we used to have essentially yeah. where in, exactly. in 15 exactly. years from now the kids will just be like oh is that your first vr headset ha 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 so funny look how bulky it is <laughs> yeah no I, I that's exactly right that's exactly right i think that's exactly where it'll be where it'll where everyone will just kind of have one kind of like the cell phone right where now we all just have them and it's like a tiny computer now yeah, I'm curious, uh, and this can go for really either one of you, where do virtual reality and artificial intelligence collide? And is that on your guys' radar in terms of using a lot more AI inside of the, the, the virtual reality worlds that you're building? Yeah, I mean, for me, what I love about this is it's a, the storytelling aspect, right? Like I was, like I was saying before, with, with Spielberg and with James Cameron, they're ultimate storytellers. And so to be able to, you know, choose a character from history and an augmented reality or even virtual reality, you know, put them in the same room as you and, and then be able to have a conversation with that person fascinates me. And I can't wait until we're at that point where that becomes an immersive and real enough experience where we can learn about the past and the history of, of you know, our country or, you know, these heroes mm. of history through that, that technology. I think that's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that would be so, like, to be able to learn about Stoic philosophy from the mouth of Marcus Aurelius in yes. some sort of a, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty incredible. Bill, what, what about you? Where, where do you see a lot of this stuff headed and what are you most excited for coming down the pike? Well, with a few of the different ventures I'm working on, we're using uh, virtual reality right now in the, in the job simulation. And so that opens up opportunities for, you know, national organizations to be able to attract people into their professions and to try to have discussions with them about our skilled trades really necessary. What we're finding out is that there's uh, a lot of kids going to colleges these days and they're dropping out 
50% dropout rates and then they're having student debt and then they actually don't feel like they're fit for college mm. and they still don't have jobs. So try to find out some of those people before they get there. And there can be some of this artificial intelligence discussions with the, in these VR worlds to allow them to be able to challenge their thinking about it. The other one is this is CGI world we're, we're doing in, uh, in biblical times is to be able to have discussions, again, like you're saying, but also have Ways that people can say, how, how did the old history, how did that apply to me? Is history repeating itself? You know, is there things we can learn from history? Sometimes there's a way to be able to use an immersive situation to put you places where you'll think of things much deeper than if you're just reading something. Yeah, man, it's so cool. There's, there's so many other questions that I have for you. I probably should have just come out and done this in person and tried out the headset in your guys' place and stuff, and maybe we'll... We'll do a, do a part two at, at some point. Sounds or, good. Uh, yeah, when the, when the next game comes out or something. I got to ask you guys both this question. We talked a little bit about partnerships and, and connections and relationships. And, and Bill, you were able to, to kind of give us some real life examples of what 30, 40 years in a, in a career of networking and building good relationships has been able to do for you now. So I'm curious to hear both of your guys' answers to this. Bill, I'll have you go first and then Jerem second. Who you know or what you know, which of those two is more important and why? I'm a who you know kind of a person because if I find out certain people and I can kind of tap into their networks, it just opens up my whole world. And whether or not I absorb everything at one time, I still have the network connection. I can go back and refresh my mind. And I think it's very valuable to me. Mm, Yeah, like you don't have to learn all the information yourself as long as you have people in your network that know. That's correct. Yeah. Jaron, what about you? I'm the same. I, th- I think it's a who you know, right? Um, I've worked on these massive projects that had a thousand people on the teams, you know, that I'm, that I'm managing and running. And, you know, these, these films and these games don't get done by a single person, you know, overnight. And so I think as you're growing your network and as you're building the friendships, you know, I, I think it's important to realize that there's tons of people with different skills that together can build something better than, than something by yourself, you know? And so the, the sum of is, is greater than, I can't remember how it goes. How's that go? <laughs> yeah. Something about parts of a whole and some yeah. is greater. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know what we're trying to say. Yeah. You'll, they'll get around to it. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Uh, we're running out of time. So I want to move into the last segment here. So I'm going to call the random round, just quick, random questions, quick, random answers. You ready? Yeah. Sweet. Let's do it. I'll have Jerem answer these ones first and then Bill answer right afterwards. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Oh man, that's awesome. I would love to be like an outdoors survivalist guide. <laughs> like awesome a, like a bear grills almost, yeah. you know? <laughs> Bill? Uh, in my, my daredevil days, I, I didn't get a chance to do this. So skydiving and just uh, adventure things that I can actually do right now in virtual reality. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, kind of like what we were just talking about, and chat for an hour. Who would it be? Hey, Ram Lincoln. It'd be Moses. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? Whew. I get uh, quick snippets from social feeds. Mm, okay. I'm, I'm audible. Everything's audible. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. <laughs> I've, got, I've got three young kids, so I get them up. <laughs> so surviving. <laughs> Try to get them breakfast. Yeah. Hopefully they have pants on before they leave for school. You know, <laughs> that's, that's my morning routine. Sounds about right. Bill? Oh, I'm up. I've got an exercise program in the morning, a nice breakfast. I do some reading, meditation, and then uh, answering any emails, and then up to the office if I need to. What is your go-to pump-up song? Whew. The Rocky theme song. You know, yeah, flying that's higher. A good that, one one. Just, that one's just good. 
I don't have one song. I have one station. I'm, I'm using Pandora, worship music, and worship and praise, and that just kind of lifts me up I'm into that. What is something beside, like anything not businessy, just something generic in life that you're just not very good at? <laughs> I, if this question were for my wife or for me, I'm not sure uh, what the answer would be. <laughs> I'll get the real answer from her. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, she'll, she'll probably text in now. Make an email um, intro. Yeah, you know, I'm probably not the best at networking. Actually, I just enjoy meeting people and and talking to them. And I think sometimes it's I forget. Like I'm like, oh man, I just enjoy talking to that person, but I forgot to get their card or their information. <laughs> Bill. Uh, a difficult time finishing projects, uh, keeping on track of things. That's why I spend a great deal of uh, effort getting good assistance that can mm. watch over and make things don't fall through the cracks. Yeah, I hear that one. I hear that one. And as we get everything wrapped up here, what's the best place online where our listeners can go to connect with each of you the most? Either dvgthegame.com or immersivehistory.com. Either one of those, they can uh, reach out, find the social media outlets and, and just kind of contact us there dbgthegame.com uh, and also virtuousvrgaming.com. Perfect. That's, that's... Perfect. So uh, we'll, we'll just send everybody for the sake of keeping it in one place. We'll send everybody over to dvgthegame.com. All of their press and information and social links and everything is over there at dvgthegame.com. If you have a VR headset, highly recommend going and picking up this game, checking it out. And then reach out to Bill, reach out to Jerem, tell him what's up, tell him you heard about him here on the show. Bill, Jerem, this is awesome. Such a fun conversation and one that I don't get to have with uh, our normal list of guests. So I appreciate you both for uh, taking some time and coming on the show to share with the listeners today. Thanks, Travis. It was, it was fun. fun. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapelcom slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.